Hello, hello, welcome back to Baki Taki, the final season, episode five. Uh, the god of boxing. That's what we've all been waiting for this season. More boxing content. And uh, to help us walk through it, we've got a returning guest. It's my brother, Jeff. Uh, excited to be back. Uh, excited to talk about boxing, I guess. And uh, tornadoes. But I guess we'll get to that later. <laughs> yes, always exciting to talk about tornadoes. Um, so before we jump in, uh, Jeff, so this is fun. You're one of the, uh, people who hasn't been spoiled at all. So you don't know what's coming for the rest of the season. What do you want to see in these final seven or so episodes, uh, after this one? Uh, yeah. The, so I did watch this episode in isolation. I, I watched up until the end of the pickle arc and then I haven't watched any of this. So it's tough because I have like some Baki things that I want to happen. Like, I want him to fight Yujiro. Uh, I'd love to see Kozue come back. Mm-hmm. Um, but none of that really seems to have anything to do with this episode. So I kind of want I want Retsu to maybe become a dancer. Uh, would be like a good character progression from this particular episode. And maybe Baki to understand what the heck is going on with his storyline. That would in be... This one. Oh, and I want to f- find out if everything is just a dream in tokugawa's mind <laughs> yeah we'll get it we'll, we'll jump right into that but I, I will say retsu is a dance coming to vegas to dance and having the same cockiness that he brings like my martial arts are much better than capoeira or jazz dancing that you have four thousand years of yeah. my, my <laughs> discipline i would i would very much i want to see him that. on dancing with the stars just be like Allison Hannigan is an easy matchup. She's 5'3, no, 5'2, yeah. with min- limited reach. <laughs> I want to see Retsu yeah. like, jump kick the judges, um, but uh, we shall see uh so yeah let's just jump right into it the, the episode starts uh that with our the nice running plot of the season tokugawa talking to uh the buff doctor do you want to just describe what you thought of this scene i thought this scene was gonna have a lot more to do with the rest of the episode um but it does not it's a self-contained 30 seconds of uh the doctor asking if tokugawa is ready to start treatment for something mm. um and then tokugawa just takes a drag of a cigarette throws it away and goes there's only one answer and then we we don't know the answer we cut away um i don't know if he implied he says something about like living life without regrets it goes without saying that there really is no choice because i walk the path of no regrets yeah which I feel maybe suggests he's not going to do the treatment, but maybe know, he would have regretted not doing the treatment. <laughs> yeah. I would have really regretted if I had a curable disease and I just didn't do it. Um, but he's, he's never looked cooler than taking that uh, cigarette. Like his, he, he did the pupil thing where he loses it. It's, you just see the white of his eyes and then he inhales an entire, like he, he, he took a few tricks out of Yujiro's book right there. If, if I had only watched this episode, I would have thought Tokugawa was cool um was like one of the fighters right <laughs> he's like he's like a 
um, like a Goki kind of character in this. But I, the, my one, my last comment on this is just, uh, I guess there's not going to be a twelfth generation of businessmen. <laughs> it's it, you know, it's never impl- we don't. It would be interesting to learn a little bit more about Tokugawa's family life. Like, does he have kids? Yeah. Does he have a wife? Does he have a wife who's always complaining? Like, oh, he never comes home for dinner. He's always in his underground <laughs> fighting pit. <laughs> Imagine Tokugawa describing the underground fighting arena as his man cave, like his escape from his wife. Yeah. Oh my god. So I I gotta ask mm-hmm. before we move on, like, is this a running bit or? Did it continue like a part of another episode? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. This is like the third episode in a row. We learned a little bit more about his health diagnosis. I had forgot how slow it is. And I think I spoiled it in the last episode of the podcast. <laughs> but yeah, like we learn a little like he was coughing up blood a few weeks back. Um, it, he... it really felt like, yeah, because we're moving towards like the Baki Ujiro fight. I, I kind of really feel like. Tokugawa is gonna like die right at the moment where the fight starts, and then that's the end of the series, because like the whole thing of Baki was just uh, in his mind, and once he dies, there's nothing left. Yeah, I I like the idea of him being so central to it. I almost like the idea that after he dies, everybody decides to put their gloves down and um and <laughs> just retire on mass, um. <laughs> their their biggest benefactors left <laughs> did you yeah. did i ever tell you about the I, I, so I, I i read along with baki as it comes out nowadays and uh do you remember igari like the the, the big wrestler guy who sikorsky pees on yeah i would never remember his name but <laughs> i remember that so so he's based on a real uh japanese wrestler um also famous for the uh the real life ali igari maneuver and when he died, uh, Itagaki, I believe, wrote a whole chapter about how the fake version, like his character also was going to die, but then he got better. I don't know. It was, I can't, I'm trying to remember it, but it was like, it was like a tribute, except it was like, oh, but in my world, he got better and he's still alive. I just reread it. Um, maybe it's open to interpretation. From what I can tell, he's dying in a hospital bed. Um, I assume just like the real fighter he's based off of, I think, Antonia Noki, um, who, from what I was researching, seems like a real legend um, in Japanese uh, wrestling and MMA. But I digress. In this story, he's dying in his hospital bed, just like his namesake. Uh, but And we see a few scenes where he talks to Goki Shibukawa, Dopo Orochi, Kaiokaku, basically saying the wrestlers don't have masters. You don't have old wrestlers. Uh, which is an interesting point. I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, and then he just, after the funeral, <laughs> um, he just comes back and he jumps into the ring of uh, two random guys in a UFC fight and just beats one guy bloody and gets um, arrested uh, and becomes a legend. How did he do that? I don't know. Um, but to be honest, I don't think Baki needs to explain these things, especially in, in something like this. Um, anyway. <laughs> so i don't know i it'll be interesting to see um how that goes anyway uh let's jump into the episode so we we were talking last week and you were saying that this was um a good year for godzilla um and i forgot of course you must have been uh referring to uh the fact that, that baki released this year and uh this is the return of Chiha- chiharu Ch- chihar chiharu 
I think. Jaharishiba, who hasn't been on the show since probably episode five of season one in any meaningful role. Um, did you remember this guy, first of all? <laughs> Wait, has he been on like the Netflix revival? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I did not remember this guy at all. <laughs> I have him in my notes as because like Toga takes like a big drag of a cigarette, and then yep. we cut to this guy surrounded by like fifty used cigarettes, currently smoking, and he's like rail thin and looks like he's about to kind of collapse. And I have him as the personification of lung cancer. Chiharu, I've been waiting for you, Bakiyama. I don't want you to say a single thing. Keep quiet and fight me. That's just like what he looks like. Uh, but I did not remember he was in the show at all. Yeah, he, um, in either episode four or five, I can't remember if it ties into Dorian or Hanayama's fight. Um, he is just fighting dudes on the street. Um, and I forget, I forget oh, what. Checks out. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> this, this guy is, this guy is, I, I love him. He, he's known for having a very strong fighting spirit. Um, and that's about it. And of course, as I alluded to, he has King Ghidorah tattooed on his back. But I'm sure with Baki, it's probably like Liege Ghidor or something like that. <laughs> um, but <laughs> so yeah, so technically he's been in the show before. He he's he's uh, an underling in the Yakuza to uh, uh, Hanayama, um, and we learn that Hanayama basically told him to go fight Baki um reasons unknown as of this episode i want you to fight bucky you really want me to fight a guy like that i meant why would he want to fight someone like me i thought you were chiharu shiba do you need a reason to fight anyone uh <laughs> How did it go? How did it go with these fights? Um, so it was a really fun fight. Uh, he shows up and so like Baki is, I, I imagine we've seen Baki before in the season, although that might be quite an assumption. Mm -hmm. um, and it looks like he's got a lot on his mind because he doesn't realize this guy standing in the middle of the road in a purple jumpsuit staring at him, smoking 15 cigarettes yep. until he's maybe like a foot away from him. Uh, and then, yeah, he's just like, we're going to fight um baki's kind of thrown by this uh because baki is baki and he knows he could beat almost anyone and this guy has appeared once as like hanayama's <laughs> underling uh so baki knocks him out in a single punch uh or it doesn't knock him out knocks him down in a single punch and is basically like good good try champ um don't try it again uh he tries it again baki uh kicks his ass again if you attack me first again, I won't go easy on you like I just did, okay? And then he just kind of walks away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I what I what I what I liked about this is so did you did you ever watch BoJack Horseman? I, a little bit, yeah. So they have a thing where um I don't know why. I think for the rating they had on Netflix, they were allowed to say fuck once each season. And so there there was always a lot of weight in those scenes. Like you you can measure like most of like each time they use it, it's a very heavy emotional beat. Um, and so when I, when I watch when I watch shows on Netflix, I, I always think about that. And so to have fucking Chaharhu just say like, like, who the fuck wanted you? 
He gets to say, <laughs> drop the F-bomb this season. And what did he even say? Like, who the fuck wanted you to hold back? Like, <laughs> it was just such a... Yeah, because, yeah, yeah, Baki says, like, next time I won't hold back. And he goes, who the fuck said anything about holding back? And kicks him, well, tries to kick him in the face. It's funny you mention that because I do have a note from the next time we see Shiba um fuck is just written on the wall of Baki's house <laughs> yeah um for uh, in english <laughs> like it's very obvious so i feel like maybe they wanted to get two in there but uh they weren't yeah. able to they weren't able to swing it with the netflix execs they had to write it down yeah Baki's graffitis i I, don't, I wish they went back to. I always loved getting the translations of Baki's house. I can't can't remember exactly yeah. what they were, but they were they were always interesting. Um, and I feel like they're probably more interesting now, and that's why we're not getting them translated. Um, but yeah, uh, Baki just dunks on this guy. Like it's you know it's 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 very consistent logic. Like Baki is. Um, as we've learned this season, a threat equal to a military might of a of a like nation of the world, and Chaharu is a guy. <laughs> I could stop there, um, but it is uh, the age of bare hands. <laughs> yes, uh, it's true. It's true. But I, I don't think um, I don't think Chaharu is going to be the one enforcing that. Um, yeah, yes. that's. That that's basically the scene. Like Baki, I don't. We just to establish for later. We do see Hanayama like give him the instruction, um, and he he says like, "Why do you want me to fight Baki?" And Hanayama just goes, "You'll be perfect for this." Um, so I I thought it, I figured uh, there we'd seen Shiba in like a previous episode do something that Hanayama didn't like, and this was his way of getting him killed. <laughs> But that that turns out not to be the case. As we'll of, find out later. I sort of love that. Just like, <laughs> yeah. oh my god, great way to die! Instead of sleeping with the fishes, you're gonna punch Boggy. Um, but on the topic of punching, let's move on to uh, Vegas and my good friend Smoking Joe Cruiser. So, do you know who Smoking <laughs> Joe Cruiser is? <laughs> so that was, I think, that was my. My main question unanswered for this episode is what real life figure <laughs> is Smoking Joe Cruiser? That's of course Smokey Joe Frazier, <laughs> a famous boxer. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. I think my errors were a little off. I was like, is this Floyd Mayweather? Like, he doesn't <laughs> look like him at all. You know what's funny? We had Manny Pacquiao like last week. <laughs> but oh, uh, really? Well, they called him. I, it took me a while because, like, I didn't catch it at first because they did a lot more. Like, this isn't like Iron Michael. They called him Accio Manny. <laughs> and I was like, oh, oh that's, that sounds familiar. And then when I was editing, I was yeah. like, oh, shit, it's Manny Pacquiao. Um, no, no, no Floyd Mayweather. Instead, we get Smokin' Joe, uh, Smokin' Joe Cruiser, um, <laughs> who is described as having a nice look, and that's it. I believe Cruiser has no talent. Huh. What? He has a good look, and that's all. Huh. So a lot of Retsu commenting on people's appearances in a positive manner in this episode, Ret- in keeping with his character. Yes, although yes, yeah, he he does. He's great at observing people. I will say, 
jumping ahead a bit when they're when they're lined up against each other Retsu just goes he's five foot nine much and he's short and small or something they looked identical like <laughs> they did not look like Retsu was much bigger than this guy I think Retsu's not a heavyweight I think that's what he was saying was like yeah I, I can take a heavyweight like this okay. even as Retsu that, that was my best guess that makes sense i guess i forget that retsu's not a heavyweight because like he you know until somebody brings up his imaginary height of five foot nine he looks like a heavyweight <laughs> yes <laughs> although you know who really looked like a heavyweight when muhammad ali showed up like 19 feet <laughs> so obviously i can't show you how big muhammad ali was but the audio of just how they react when he opens the door this is like 70-year-old Muhammad Ali opening a door, and this is how they react. Yeah, so there's a lot of... It, it starts at that point, but there's a lot of, like, horror themes in this episode, I'd say. Mm-hmm. And Muhammad Ali's introduction when he walks into the hotel room is framed as if Frankenstein has appeared. <laughs> He was about to take that little boxer like, man's brains. Yeah. Um, so do we, how much are people going to be able to infer? Like they know that Retsu is like, I guess if he faced Manny Pacquiao, he's like on a boxing so, odyssey tour de force. Yeah. Retsu has just arrived in Vegas. He's, he's leveled up from uh, his, his, uh, his, j- j- uh, j- his Japanese boxing stuff. Um, so we, we see him look at smoke and Joe uh his promoter who i'm sure is based on a, a real life person yep. um tells him he's gonna fight him uh retsu considers how easy this fight will be because his opponent just looks attractive um and then gets a visit him and his trainer in their vegas loft get a visit from muhammad ali uh who looks totally fine yep. no like i think they just decided they weren't gonna draw him as if he had uh, any kind of medical ailment he worked, anymore. He and his way through sure. it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's Tokugawa's treatment. He's just going to get really buff. <laughs> fix whatever's going wrong. He's going to go beat up his son. Yeah, Muhammad Ali shows up. What I love about this show is, like, there's, like, there's literally two types of boxers in the world. Crappy ones who don't deserve respect and Muhammad Ali. Because, like... <laughs> This is like Joe Frazier, like probably one of the most, you know, I've, I've heard his name, famous boxer. Um, and Retsu looks at him and thinks that he's like the, you know, the dirt on his shoe from a fighting perspective. But then when Muhammad Ali shows up, he's just like, I've got to listen to this. I easily. So this part confused me a lot. Because um, I, I was not able to put the puzzle pieces together. Like, why does Muhammad Ali care about this fight in any capacity? When I was visiting China, I started to hear rumors about you from time to time. Did you know that you're a famous man? And why does Retsu... Why is Retsu doing this at all? Um, And it doesn't help that Muhammad Ali's... He's just like, I'm here because I'm friendly with the Hanma family. (laughs) It's not that I wouldn't like to see Kung Fu given a run for their money by boxing skills, but I'm friendly with the Hanma family. That's why I came here to give you this little warning about your upcoming fight. Which, (laughs) 
<laughs> which tells me like less than nothing. It's just like it just makes it more confusing. It why, sounds like, why is it, it sounds relevant? Like Retsu enough? got adopted. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, I I agree. I don't think there's a good reason for Muhammad Ali to be here. And Retsu, you sort of have to make up your own head canon on why he's here. Um, but that's that's true for the whole yeah. arc. There is a great moment in their exchange when so Muhammad Ali's basically there as uh, Smoke and Joe's uh hype man mm-hmm. where he's just gonna be like oh yeah they called me the phantom because like, my punches were really fast but if you slowed down the footage <laughs> you could actually see the punches <laughs> theoretically um but unlike he's, smoking he's joe who's literal smoke, smoke. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like smoking joe who <laughs> punches really fast but he, he in the middle of this he asks my favorite question which is smoking ever had an opportunity to fight smoke <laughs> and Ritsu's response is, I have neglected to. As if as if he really should have, but he just hasn't gotten around to it. It's always been stinging him that he hasn't fought literal smoke. This is one weakness. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, you know, we've seen Retsu fight solid matter. We saw him punch that wave. Like, maybe he's just working his way up to uh, the third state of matter. Yeah. Um... I, I really liked Smoke and Joe, though, to be honest. Like, I And it's funny because I think that, I assume that uh, uh, Itagaki didn't come up with the idea of this boxer being compared to Smoke, but I, I, I thought they did a good job of animating it and, like, showing, like, what does it mean to fight Smoke. Um, I, I thought it was a fun strategy. Makes him different than the other boxers we've seen. Smoke attacks first. 4,000 years of Chinese skill punch at it. But before long, you're surrounded by the smoke. And when you can no longer see through the smoke, you're going to get punched. Yeah, this episode was a feast or famine in terms of animation. Um, you either got, like, out of their way to not draw stuff, or you got some, like, pretty cool shots of, like, smoke drifting around. Uh, and, yeah, I thought, the, I thought the smoke was a cool way to represent a boxer without having to have them throw actual punches. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you do get a lot of um, standing still waiting for punches in this episode. Yeah, which yeah, or probably. implied punches. <laughs> oh man! So Retsu, Retsu um, so it, when the fight actually actually starts, um, his Retsu's little friend is there also. His little like um, <laughs> his little boxing guy he brought with him from Japan, um, and Retsu. Yeah, his boxing guy. His boxing guy from Japan asks, "Did he look bigger or much smaller?" Retsu's just kind of like looked the same. That's exactly as I thought. We knew he was five foot nine coming in. I'm five foot nine, and he was five foot nine. (laughs) So, (laughs) although you know, I I make this joke, but Bagi is literally a show where where I've I've seen them do something where it's like I'm taller than him, but I was looking up to see how tall he was. (laughs) So, (laughs) yes, a common trope. Yeah. Um, so, uh, the fight starts off and Smoke and Joe is able, Retsu, Retsu has the brilliant technique of blocking punches, um, but he is surprised that if you block punches, you still take damage. What is this? What is with these punches? I can see them. I can see all his attacks. I'm defending against all his attacks. But still, deep in my body deep in my organs there's lingering damage which 
just shows the caliber of the what? boxers he's fought so far. So that, that that's why I did. I was wondering if this was his first fight because his first observation is that what he sees as the gentle boxing glove is actually a dangerous weapon. <laughs> that's that's what Smoke and Joe's punches teach him. And I'm like, who have you been boxing with the so far? Yeah, Retsu has not had a good. Retsu's biggest interaction with a boxing glove was oh my god, this is one of my favorites. Uh, he he picks up a glove. <laughs> puts it on his hand and then punches so hard that his fist goes through the glove. Um, <laughs> so he, he hasn't really been doing a lot of technique with it. Um, okay. He, so that's what he learns here is, yeah, go ahead. No, I, I, I you're completely right. Um, I'll just say, cause I know, I, I assume you'll rewatch this someday. Um, like I've, I've been harping on this the whole season. Every time we see Retsu training, like he's never boxing. Like the like the first he's he always hangs out in the gym and he's never picked up a glove so like I completely agree with this like it sort of makes sense that yeah. he has no idea what's going on but he kind of goes from like zero to a hundred like uh, almost like past that right he's just like boxing gloves they're just fun things that look gentle and then he gets punched by one and like it really hurts right like he gets one right in the face which by the way. Uh, for anybody watching along, go to like I think it's eleven forty four, and you'll see one of the most horrifying <laughs> images you've ever seen in your entire life of Retsu's face after he gets punched. That, that's when his mouth's at like a forty five degree angle, right? Yeah. yeah, it's like it's like a creepy pasta level body horror. Like it's it's a, incredibly intimidating. Um, but he kind of goes from like boxing gloves are useless to boxing gloves are stronger than pickles fists <laughs> which i i don't believe i just don't buy it i, I don't think smoke and joe fraser was lining up to fight pickle i watched i watched this one with Lindsay, and she was she said the at the exact same moment she was just like that's not true like pickle punched you yeah. across the arena <laughs> I would have I would have loved if at the end of that arc after Baki gets knocked over Smoke and Joe Frazier comes in and just punches Pickle into submission. Oh. <laughs> oh right. I think we have the uh we have a lot of shots explaining how boxing works. Yeah. Before we before we leave this scene. Yeah, Marcus to Queensbury reels. I had a point where <laughs> if you tallied up the footage, are there more shots of other boxing fights occurring than this boxing fight that we're watching because we see like we see old-timey boxers we see other boxers we see lots of other boxers fighting each other but we very rarely see retsu and smoking joe actually doing anything yeah um, i think that's fair like this whole like i i also think it's fair that there's one punch in this entire fight that actually lands or <laughs> in this episode because I, th- I like yeah anyway I, I think we can jump. We'll, we'll come back to the smoking Joe fight, but we got to go back to uh, Baki versus Chiharu part two, um, part two of X. Um, so Baki's returned to his house and who's that waiting outside the door? It's Chiharu. Um, has he, has he learned any tricks? Has he, has he gotten any? This, this yeah. has, I think one of my favorite. So you you always tell the guests to watch the dub. I always yeah. watch the subtitles and then I watch the dub. So this is one of the best departures I've ever seen. Ooh. Um, in, in the Japanese, 
I'll deal with the Japanese, even though you know the English. Because <laughs> I don't know if you noted this line. But so the Japanese shows up, and basically they're, Shiba's talking like, I'm going to fight you. And Baki's still confused why Shiba's fighting him, right? Mm -hmm. He's like, why are you doing this, right? Like, do you want to, like, learn how to brawl? Or, like, what? what's the reason here? I mean, come on, man. Why do you want to fight me so badly? For practice? To learn how to brawl? And then, like, you want to practice for brawling. And in Japanese, Shiba goes, yeah, I guess you could call it practice. But it's practice for you. And then Baki goes, for me? And then Shiba goes, that's right, for you. And then attacks him. Mm -hmm. uh, in English, Shiba goes, I guess that you could say I'm practicing for something big. Practicing to kick your big butt. <laughs> and then Baki goes, my butt's big? And Shiba goes, that's right, and I'm going to kick it. Practicing to kick your big butt. My butt's big? That's right. And I'm gonna kick it. I, of course, that stuck out to me as one of the oddest dialogue I've seen in a few weeks. I, oh, I wonder who's right. Like I, oh my god. I think I think she was right. Right, like that's gotta be why Hanayama sent him out there. Right, is to provide practice for Baki because Hanayama is Baki's pal, or just because he doesn't like big butts. Maybe Chiharu, Baki's ass is like too the fat. opposite. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Not gonna beat Yujiro with an ass like that. <laughs> oh my god! No one. That's. Oh. I'm. I'm sort of. I'm sort of disappointed because, like, I, I'm 100 percent that you're right that he came here to say something like, "I'm here to train you." <laughs> Just yeah. The indignation in Baki's face when he was like, <laughs> "My butt's big." Yeah. That was the most emotion I'd seen from Baki in ages. Yeah, it's uh, it's great. Um, I do. I had a note here that I do love when you're watching your protagonist stand there and he's poking holes in the reasons for him to progress the story. Mm -hmm. Like, it's like we gotta fight this guy, and he's like, I don't think I need to fight this guy. He just sucks. Why am I fighting him? And I'm like, I don't know, Baki. You gotta give me a reason. That's why I'm watching the show. You're, you're right. They are very blunt on that. Baki eventually is like, look, I know this is a show about fighting with no real reason, but like, this is, this is just too bare bones. Yeah. Like, give me a reason. Um, so yeah. after taking down Jiharu, Baki goes inside um, and then eventually realizes... He, re he reads his little book. <laughs> I didn't know Baki was a literary guy. I didn't know Baki was illiterate. <laughs> um, but yeah... Uh, he eventually goes out to check on Chiharu, and this is when Chiharu's master plan comes into effect. Um, he was actually waiting at the door, and he noticed Baki's secret weakness that puts him at 10% 10, 10 of the strength that he would have normally. What? What was that? That sound just now. That jerk's wearing his shoes with the back crushed under his foot. <laughs> Doesn't he know the disadvantage of wearing shoes with the back crushed? You've got only one-tenth the power! Um, what, what, what was his weakness? Oh, he didn't use a shoehorn. That was, that's what I always preach. Uh, he was, he basically put his shoes on, but his heels were sitting on the backs. Yeah. Uh, like they weren't fully in the shoe. So he was, he was down 90%. In his uh, ability to get punched, I guess. Because <laughs> it's not like he fights back. 
<laughs> just this Shiba just like windmill punches through the door into yeah. his face uh, and then knocks him back on his ass and i will say he does offer to clean to clean up the door afterwards baki's very excited about this um that like you can tell in his eyes that he's he's pumped that this fight is now happening shiba has shown him some kind of quality that um he's excited about as he gets him in like a really weird hold that makes him look right at his crotch I was thinking this would be like a great moment for Kozue to just show up and have these like the shirtless guy just grabbing Baki's head. And she's like, ah, I'm going back to Canada. <laughs> I would love that. I wish uh, Koz- I wish Kozue came into more scenes. What the hell kind of hold is this? Baki, come get your food. Who's yeah? Uh, I also wanted to call out, there's a really fun, so when Baki walks to the door and he gets punched through it, mm-hmm. we then flashback in like full sepia tone to like five seconds before that happened, <laughs> where Shiva was preparing to punch the door, but we make that five seconds last like 20 seconds. Yeah, and they kept that sepia, sepia tone the whole time, like even up to the point where we yeah. where he punched him, which wasn't in sepia tone the first time, <laughs> yeah. but now it is. <laughs> It finally leaves. Yeah, I was, I was, I was so uh, pleasantly surprised with this because I, I didn't think, I, I for one thought this happened in one episode, this uh, Baki versus Chiharu stuff, and I didn't think it would be the god of boxing. Um, so <laughs> I was happy we got this stuff in this episode. But yeah, uh, speaking I think of the that's god, about it. For them, right? Yeah, yeah. Because speaking yeah. of the god of boxing, uh, we go back. By the way, who do you think the god of boxing is in this scenario? gotta be muhammad ali yeah that makes sense that makes i think sense. he just showed up in the episode and they were like let's call it the god of boxing because there's no other thing that you can tie the episode together it's it's like it's the i don't know smoking kills oh that's like great. the unifying theme yeah oh Did my we... gosh that's a perfect title yeah smoking kills. okay now i wonder I, there's so much i was saying because there's so many cigarettes in it but um it also has smoke and Joe. I wonder if they have so many cigarettes as like foreshadowing. Yeah. Or oh. smoke and Joe. Well, I know what, Could I know be. what the, the podcast episode's going to be called, uh, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> we shall see. Um, man, my one, la- I, I, I had so much trouble coming up with one last week. I think I named it a uh, boxers, 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 racketing through the snow, which is a, a classic reference to the <laughs> Allen Ginsberg poem. <laughs> Who lit cigarettes in boxcars, 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 racketing through snow. Tor- uh, anyway, uh, the final act of our episode, not too much happens. We learn a bit about Retsu and how he deals with concussions, um, which I believe. Well, sorry, you go, you go. It really, it really has to be watched. So we, we mentioned there's, I would say like there's four standout points of horror in this episode the first is tokugawa's introduction which is just like very eerie yeah the second is muhammad ali showing up which is terrifying mm-hmm. uh the third is retsu's face which is just bizarre in that one freeze frame uh but the whole like last act is shot as if you're in like the dark dimension or um like the sh- the as if you're realm. on an acid trip yeah uh <laughs> It's this like really weird 
they're probably not moving the animation at all, but like it's like you're looking at it through a bunch of bubbles, and the characters' proportions keep getting like really weird. It's like you're fighting a bunch of Babadooks or something. It's <laughs> yeah. it's very fun to watch, but that's uh, because it's it's simulating Retsu's brain, which. Uh, and yeah. I I enjoyed that much more than so we we flash back. Retsu is at the Shaolin Temple uh, with some dude who isn't his old master, but. Um, I one of the many reasons I wouldn't want to be a monk or a Shaolin monk is um because apparently they just give each other concussions with like a big rock on a string. Um I just want to detail that process because the whole thing here, right, is uh Retsu's been concussed. But yeah. in in the monk training, right, he he's just spinning around this giant like sack on a string that clearly is heavy. He's like, You can't dodge this. It's undodgeable. <laughs> and it's like, what, you know... Don't fight it. This move is unavoidable. Don't move at all! You're saying Retsu shouldn't dodge it because, like, you're going to teach him a lesson by hitting him in the head. But he could just, like, walk backwards. Yeah. Like, it's not... Like, is the... Anyway, so then it's I think, it's, a, I think it's like a manifesting thing. Like, if you want to hit somebody, if you just start yelling, you can't dodge this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you just freeze him in confusion. Um, but yeah, Retsu gets concussed, and he's like, "Oh shit, I'm concussed." But <laughs> then we get the the tofu analogy, and man, that that was my horror part of the episode. The guy goes, "Imagine this tofu is your brain," and like he sort of taps the side of it. The tofu, like, imagine <laughs> imagine this this tofu in relation to the bowl is of your brain in relation to your skull. Yeah. Like he gives Which them doesn't more. make any sense. But like, I was expecting it gets sloshed around. You know, I'm like, okay, yeah, that would be like a concussion. This tofu is getting like cut in half, like chunks on the floor. That's not how a concussion works. Your brain doesn't slide off. It was, it yeah, was it's well, it's like it's the relationship between your brain and your skull. If you were missing a half of your skull. <laughs> <laughs> which you're not if so you're, it's nothing like that if you're fighting the aliens from mars attacks like this is how you can yeah oh my god yeah no i did not i did not like that um also like i'm pretty sure at the end of the day the lesson that he learned was um take a break if you get a concussion or like wait for your brain to settle down and like i don't know i don't think you needed to give him a concussion to teach him that it's the lesson you could have learned but i don't think it was the lesson that the monk was teaching <laughs> i guess not um retsu who the entire world is curvy and um and shape-shifting and he can't even see the guy in front of him uh decides to go on the defensive and execute a few perfectly timed backflips to avoid getting punched um do you think that that's a legal boxing move, or is this more like an airbud type of thing? We not explained his like what he actually learned from the guy. I might have honestly. Missed I think we it. have to do that. <laughs> what, what what did he learn you... from this guy? Okay, so <laughs> this is what I was talking about with the animators, right? So Retsu, uh, the the guy teaching Retsu shows him the tofu ball and yeah. punches it and just obliterates the tofu in it. He's like, this is your brain on getting concussed, yep. right? Then he goes, but at some point, due to, due to your lax training, uh, you will be hit in the head, no matter your skill. Um, I love how it's due to lax training, like not just a guy came up behind you and like hit you in the head. 
but he's like, it's going to happen. So what do you do to deal with it? And he holds the ball and then he does something that is physically impossible. Um, he hits the ball with his hand so hard um, that like it would destroy the ball. But instead the guy converts that force into a spin and spins at like the same uh, velocity such that the there, there's never any like water collision right all of the energy is taken as the whole form and he just does like a whirling dervish where the brain is untouched that's his technique that he's teaching rats to is you have to go with the momentum turn it into rotation and then you don't get hit by the punch at all right it lets your brain kind of continue settling but Retsu doesn't implement this at all this episode. <laughs> he does. He does. So he, admittedly, he just starts off with a backflip, which defeats the entire purpose of what we just yeah. were shown. <laughs> but that's because the animators were lazy. But the next two times, he does do that. Or it's very strongly implied he does that. Oh, I see. They don't I really they animate it. They weren't technically backflips. Yeah. He's taking the punch and going with it. Ah, okay. Yes, and there is one where he does a whirling turn, but the only evidence is it is it shows his like peg leg in the ground whirling furiously. I did love that. I did catch his sweet pivot yeah. foot. <laughs> but yeah, he's he's learned the strategy, he's implemented it, and man, Smoke and Joe, he can see his his opponents leveled up, but he's doubling down. Uh his his final lines this episode are I can't change. This is all I know. Um, which to me in an episode of Baki is just like signing your death warrant. Yep. Like, <laughs> I don't, I call me a bet, man. I don't forecast a, a stunning reversal of fortune next time for smoke and Joe that allows him to win. I think, uh, he, I think Retsu's gonna, gonna do well. He won over my heart with that though. Like, especially when his style is boxing, yes. his boxing style is get closer and punch you more. Like, I love that he didn't try and innovate his style. <laughs> he was like, what if I got <laughs> even closer and punched you even more? <laughs> even more. Yeah. Oh, I, I love Smokin' Joe. Um, he's he's so weird in this season. And just like Retsu in the theme song, like, you don't really need Smokin'. <laughs> you don't really need any of this this season. But um, I I think this is the best part of the Retsu boxing saga um and so I'm, I'm looking forward to the I, I enjoyed this and i'm looking forward to the next one and then that's the episode yep i think right yeah um i did watch the ending credits i was shocked to see a woman who i assume is baki's mom yep and the rest are just pictures of baki and yujiro their backs occasionally There's not a lot going on yeah uh, just like the opening theme i find that i actually quite enjoyed the concept and music of the opening and ending themes um and i find the actual content very lacking um and slow i like uh, the part in the opening when it looked like yujiro was being electrified um i, I was hoping that it's going to be like a just a science explanation like the human body is actually a complex electrical machine and it just shows yujiro like as if he's being electrocuted as the narrator explains how synapses work or something that would be that'd be a lot of fun how, how could they make yujiro more impressive it's like yujiro the human body works on electricity but if you were to cut yujiro you would get electrocuted like a taser of the <laughs> energy flowing through his veins <laughs> and it would be flowing through his veins yeah. 
I thought that'd be amazing if police tase Yujiro and then they get electrocuted. <laughs> oh! oh my god. Save that for the next Tough step. luck, champ. <laughs> uh, you'll, you'll love whenever you watch the Yujiro's. The, it, like, it, Yujiro's one of those characters who has... It, he hasn't done much in like five seasons but you you could you get a sense of him just by like his his few appearances so it's it's fun that he finally gets this arc where like he actually is like anyway the whole last half of this season is just yujiro um and baki anyway uh that leads into this question jeff you've watched a lot of baki um you haven't watched this season do you do you have high hopes for this one i don't have high hopes i was thinking about it um i i think like i would almost rather the show be retsu like the retsu boxing arc with like baki has decided to delay fighting his dad and try and learn what it means to be a triceratops or something like that that would be my ideal goal but i i I find it too hard to reconcile the whole yujiro killed baki's mom thing with this like i I, the baki and yujiro part has always been like the least interesting part of baki to me i like baki i like yujiro but i i'm more of a fan when they're not doing anything together or when they're fighting for team world (laughs) against china the u.s japanese alliance Um... yeah exactly I agree. I think that the first episode this season, they help sort of um, recap their dynamic and help help explain a bit about how how weird it is. Um, that that helps move it a little bit. But it it is true. It's it, it can be a lot of scenes are weird. It's like you, a lot of time in the back of your head, you're thinking he did kill your mom, like in front of you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Although I, I will say in the ending credits, she looks a little like evil almost watch, as if like they're yeah. trying to <laughs> watch watch the first episode yeah, it... baki's mom is 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 definitely not a good guy um you know but like baki lives in a, a shitty shed that he's lived his whole life um anyway it's it's a more interesting dynamic yeah. than um so i i would say the most the thing i'm most pumped about for the whole season is just finding out what happens to tokugawa that's I, so, I was shocked that they so never good. came back at any point during the episode. Believe me, I love I love how it ends. <laughs> but you, but you, you actually have to get to the finale to see the the, the big conclusion. Um, okay, this is exciting. Yeah, then my uh, hopes are back to high. There we go. <laughs> All right. Um, well, did you did you have anything else to add on your final episode of uh, the final season? Uh, it's been great to all the viewers or listeners out there. Uh, hope you've enjoyed. I've certainly enjoyed all the times I've been on. Thanks to Steve for putting together something that's uh, often playing at my work, <laughs> even if it's not my episodes. Perfect. And thank you for coming on so many times, Jeff. Uh, it's been a hoot. Uh, Any hoot. Uh, that's all the Baki we've got to talky, and I'll see you all next week.
Can you tell that I liked Kaguya-sama yet? <laughs> so, this week for recommendations, uh, I just, I watched uh, another show by the same guy, Oshinoko. Um, I've been thinking about it. it it's, it, I ended up reading the manga, and um, anyway, I like it. Uh, it's not something I think I can say really anything about. I think it's much better to go into blind, um, sort of a commentary on idol culture in uh, Japan. Uh, I, I don't want to say too much on it. I will say, though, that every episode ends with this exact song. Like, it'll start playing, basically, in the final scene to go into credits. And I think that's one of my favorite parts of the anime, is just that stylistic choice. It sets the tone of forward progression. Um, and, you know, because it doesn't matter what's happening, because it has to end with the, this, like, song going... And honestly, just to relate this to Baki, because I'm trying to do that when I have a short recommendation, um, my favorite Baki moments are often when the episode just ends, you know, when it we flow seamlessly from some guy getting, you know, kicked in the balls to uh, a shot of like the scenic landscape and music playing. I, I think I've included like five or six of those moments in this podcast, but, um, you know, it, especially when you're watching and like, uh, it's it's just nice to connect from the end of the episode into the credits. Um, I, I don't think that's in particular the best thing that Oshinoko does or anything, but it's something that I think about a lot and I like the music and uh, give it a shot. Um, the first episode's quite long and there's a reason for that. That's all I'll say. <laughs>